You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The reading today is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 15. When you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them because your Father knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we always forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to pray with me. O holy and gracious God, in the stillness of these next few moments, allow us to experience your grace and your love. Rattle within our soul. Wake us up. Blow the spirit through this room and allow us to be transformed by your word. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. You know, names are important, right? People want to hear their name. I worked with a man one time that hardly ever used my name, and it drove me crazy. He would come up and talk to me, but he wouldn't say my name. I felt unvalued, not worthy, and it drove me bonkers. You know, I love my name. I know a lot of people don't like their own name, but I love my name, Dawn Marie. In fact, I have a little history about my name. My birth certificate tells you that my first name is Dawn. My middle name is Marie. So for a long time, I was Dawn. I was just Dawn, but my middle name was Marie. Well, I went to school in North Carolina, as Jomer shared, and I decided I wanted to put them together, Dawn Marie. It's a Southern thing, I think. And so since college, I have been known by both, and I am quite insistent on that. When I was in graduate school at Duke, I insisted that the professors called me Dawn Marie and that there was a hyphen in it. In fact, my friends all called me Dash because of the first day of every semester of every class, they would call the roll and they would say, Dawn Singleton. And I'd say, please call me Dawn Marie with a hyphen in the middle. I was very insistent on that. So they called me Dash. In Hebrew thought, 
a name was extremely significant. Parents didn't name their children because the monogram on the luggage would look good. They didn't choose a name because it reminded them of their Aunt Hilda or their Uncle Bob. Parents chose their name for their children, hoping that that name would embody the personality, the characteristics, and the character that they wanted to see developed in that child. You might remember through history, early American Puritans did that. They gave their daughters names like Silence, Charity, Hope, Love, Patience, because they hoped that their child would live up to their name as she grew up. Now, we can also see this in the New Testament. In times of crisis, when someone's life or outlook changed, often their name was changed as well. If you remember, when Jesus first met Peter, his name was Simon. Simon was a shifty, sandy, unpredictable undependable kind of fella. But Jesus changed his name to Peter, meaning the rock. So when Jesus renamed Peter, it took him a while to live up to his new name, to change from shifting sand to the rock. Names are important. So important in the fact that God was never, the name God was never spoken in biblical times because the name of God was too holy. The Jews couldn't even write it down without feeling that they had sinned against God. So for a long time, it was written Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, without vowels. They thought that not uttering his name would honor him. In Psalm 910, we read, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. Here, the psalmist was not claiming that those who could pronounce God's name would trust in him. He was saying that those who knew and understood God's character and his power would put their trust in him. So when you and I pray, hallowed be thy name. We are talking about the character and the person of God. What exactly does hallow mean? Well, it comes from the root word holy. It means reverence, respect, honor, awe, prize, esteem, adore. To expand the name of God is to expand God's nature or God's character. We're not praying that God will become holy because God already is holy. We're praying that he will be treated as such by more and more people. Holy is your name. So when we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we are saying that we honor him, that we revere him, that he alone is holy. And we acknowledge his divinity. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we revere other people or other things more than we revere God. Sometimes we think of 
an employer or an employee or a professor or a loved one more than we are in awe of the God in heaven. It's funny, though, to think about that. How is it that we can be in awe of somebody other than God, than the God that we pray for? Right? We're told not to have idols, but so often it happens. To be in awe is something entirely, entirely different, right? I can remember the very first time I looked over the rim of the Grand Canyon and how I felt when I stood in Israel on the Mount of Beatitudes overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And I remember I was in awe as I stood mesmerized by the waterfall in Hawaii. There's this this special feeling deep within. I mean, think about that, right? No words could describe how you felt when you held a baby for the very first time, especially if it was your own child. Words cannot describe the first time you saw a sunrise over the ocean or a sunset with your loved one. That is awe and reverence. It's it's that kind of feeling that reminds us that there are times when to speak is to violate the moment. When, When silence represents the highest respect. The word for such times is reverence. Holy. The prayer for such times is hallowed be thy name. You know, I thought about this and I thought, in today's society, we are hard-pressed to find things that we can describe as holy. And, but unfortunately, we have left that all and power behind. We no longer view God as the Old Testament prophets and people. The relationship just isn't there anymore. But it's not because God has gone away from us. Perhaps we have stepped away from God. Sadly, when we hear God, we often dismiss it as, we don't really hear God. That's not God. Or he's not really speaking to me. I want you to think for a minute about the reverence that Moses gave to God. God said, take off your shoes, For the ground that you are standing on is holy ground. No questions asked. Moses just did it. That's reverence. That's all. Theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said that it is a blessed thing to know that no power on earth, no temptation, no human frailty can dissolve what God holds together. There's this sense of holiness, the sense of awe, and the wonder of God and all that God can do. Psalm 68, 34, and 35 state, Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. How do we ascribe power to God? 
Do we live our lives as if we are giving God the glory he deserves? Goodness, do we have any kind of concept of what that really means? Now, we pray the Lord's Prayer probably at least once a week. And we say, hallowed be thy name. These words, are they just printed on a piece of paper or are they carved into our heart? Friends, it is so important that we show and understand that God's name is holy. What can we do to give God's name glory? When we wake up every morning, do we think about how our lives can glorify God? If not, maybe we should. I want to close this morning with a story about a woman named Fayette. Because I think Fayette embodies all that we do, what we are to do. She glorifies God even in the depths of her despair because she knows how to make God's name holy. Now, Jomer reminded you that I'd been in the ministry for 30 years. And so this is kind of an old illustration, but it's a, one of my favorites. It is actually from the September, October 1996 Alive Now magazine. It is a story called Precious Child of God, written by Janet Wolf. So here it goes. Fayette was an African-American woman living on the streets, struggling with mental illness and lupus. She came to sit up on the steps of the church, refusing to come in, just listening from outside. It was hot. We had the doors open, and I guess she heard the singing. She kept coming, arriving late and leaving early, and for weeks never coming in the door. But eventually she did come in the door, sit at the table, and even joined our new members class. In new members class, we talked about baptism, about what it means to be named by God's grace. I told them baptism was a holy moment, a moment when we could hear God saying, you are beloved, a precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. Fayette liked that part. No matter, else, no matter what else we were talking about, she would always bring us back to baptism. When I am baptized, I am, and we soon learn to respond, you are beloved, a precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. Oh, yes, she exclaimed, and we'd go on until she brought it up once again. The day finally came. The choir gathered around the pool singing Wade in the Water, Fayette went under, came spluttering up out of the icy cold water, drew in a new breath, looked all around and asked, and now I am, and we replied, you are beloved, a precious child of God, and beautiful to behold. Yes, she said, as she danced all around the fellowship hall. Two months later, I got a call at 2 a.m., Fayette had been beaten, raped, and was at the county hospital. So I went. I could hear her long before I saw her. I wasn't sure what she was saying, but I knew it was Fayette's voice. 
As I got closer to her room, I saw her pacing back and forth, her hair sticking up everywhere, blood and tears marking her face, bruises already starting, her dress torn and dirty and buttoned all wrong. And she was saying, I am. When I got to the door, she saw me, looked straight at me and declared, I am beloved, a precious child of God. And, and at that moment, she caught sight of herself, the reflection in the mirror, turned back to me and said, I am beloved, a precious child of God. And, and once again, she looked in the mirror. And God is still working on me. If you come back tomorrow, I'll be so beautiful, I'll take your breath away. I wonder if you have ever been baptized in the waters of amazing grace, named by a God in such a way that in the worst of times, you know who you are and the one to whom you belong. Friends, our God, our God is holy. God's name is to be revered. And this is good news. God's love is not just for one person, but for all of us. The holiness of God makes all the difference. And I promise, if we listen carefully, really carefully, you will hear God telling you, you are my beloved, a precious child of God. Amen.